Lord, we thank you for the blessing of music. Lord, may there always be thanksgiving in our hearts to sing praises for. We thank you for this day, this reminder to be thankful to you for so many things. Lord, not just this day, but every Sabbath is a reminder of the things we have to give thanks for, our creation, our salvation, our friendship that we have with you. And we also have the opportunity today to give thanks for this church family and for the many blessings that they bestow upon one another and upon this world. As we do so, Lord, as we open your word and as we talk more about this, I pray that our hearts will be reminded of those that we need to say thank you to more often. In your name we pray, amen. Bill Knott told me on the front row that he makes a mean dinner roast meal at Thanksgiving. Is that true? Oh, they both nodded simultaneously. Good job, guys. It's like we planted you there and you knew that. It was coordinated everything. They must have, those, those boys must have grown up with preachers talking to them sometimes. I read this little story. It was about a young boy that hadn't been behaving very well. And during family devotions, the father prayed for his son And he mentioned a number of things that the boy had done, bad things that the boy had done. Lord, you know our little son, he needs to work on obeying mom and needs to pick up his clothes, needs to not talk back. Soon afterward, after the prayer was done and they'd been done with their devotionals, the mother walked past the little six-year-old boy's room and she heard him sobbing, crying in his room. She went in to see what had happened, what was wrong, and the boy cried out, Daddy always tells God the bad things about me. He never tells him the good things that I do. You can imagine as a dad, and at times maybe too intense of a dad, how this story struck at the chords of my heart. And then I read this little phrase this week. Correction does much. But encouragement does more. Correction does much, but encouragement does more. It's very easy to realize if we just paid attention more that this is very true, right? Even in our own lives and our own hearts. When Christina or I say to Dayton, we're so proud of you. His face just lights up. Dayton is my sensitive one, so I'm speaking of him in general. His face lights up, and whatever we said we are proud of him for, he'll try to do it again. He'll, he'll tell us, oh, He'll remind us that he's doing that now. At night, I'll say to my sons, I love you so much. And sometimes I say, I'm so thankful for you. And Dayton is always one right away to say, okay, daddy, why? (laughs) Give me a reason why you're thankful for me. I want to hear this. And then I'll give him reasons. He's so helpful. He's a good cook. He likes to cook. He's a good older brother. Of course, then Landon wants to know too. Daddy, what about me? I'm, what am I, chopped liver over here, you know? I have to make sure that, that it's good, that it's equal parts. And then Dayton will always say, thanks, Daddy. We love you, too, or we're thankful for you, too. And, and he'll tell me why he's thankful for me, 
Usually it's because I'm thankful for him. So <laughs> thankful that you're smart enough to know you should be thankful for me, Dad. It is a very rewarding time there. But I'm not only Dayton and Landon and Levi's parent in a way, biblically, spiritually, I have a parental role within this congregation even. I know that that stops some of your heart as many of you have reminded me that you're still trying to uh, compress the thought that you have children that are older than me and I am your pastor. And I know there's times that I instruct, and over the last year we've given much instruction on many things. There's times that I correct. There's times I prod, maybe a little bit. Maybe times we step on toes. But I want to make sure also that I say thank you enough. And to let you know that I am very thankful for you as a congregation and as individuals. And so today I want to spend some time, it's a little bit different of a sermon, I want to spend some time thanking you, sharing with me, sharing with you all uh, my thanksgiving uh, for you this morning. It's not only good for you all, correction does much, but it's not only good for my kids, but it's good for you all as well. Correction does much, but encouragement does what? More. It's important for you all to hear my heart as well, that's why our sermon is titled, I'm thankful for y'all, because y'all is what I do. And Debbie, thank, thank you for uh, the gift you gave me this week. Uh, Debbie gave me a little thing. I had a little, I don't know what it's even called, uh, something. I'm sure, what's it called? A plaque, okay, there you go. That'd be the word. <laughs> it says shalom, y'all. Shalom, y'all. So <laughs> shalom, sorry, I was in my, in my southern tone there. Shalom, y'all. And uh so that is why the y'all comes from, if you are wondering where my southern days. Charles Spurgeon observed this. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher of yesteryear, said, it would be very useful, it would be a very useful exercise to our hearts if we often give thanks to God for the gifts and graces which we discover in our Christian brethren. This is, in fact, a very bi biblical thing to do, to give thanks for the, for the graces and, and, and the gifts which we discover in our Christian brethren. We see Paul do this in church after church after church. Even some of his most challenging churches, we see him finding opportunity to give thanks for the flocks that God has put uh, in his care. Just listen to some of these verses. 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2. We give thanks, this is Paul writing, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3. We give thanks to the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 1 and verse, verses 3 and 4. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. To the individual members, Paul also expressed love, as we see him doing with Timothy, and also in the writings, in the letter to Philemon. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Philemon 1 4. 
But probably the two texts that best encapsulate what I want to say and want to communicate to you all this morning are found in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And so if you'll open your Bibles with me there to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. It is the T book, so if you found Titus or Timothy, Thessalonians is nearby. If you got to Hebrews, you've gone too far. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction, we were comforted about you through your faith. For now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? As we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I want us to look at verse seven first. Therefore, brethren, Paul says, in all our affliction and distress, we are comforted concerning you by your faith. Now, I want to be clear that I understand that I have nowhere near in my life this distress or affliction that Paul has dealt, dealt with in his life. He was near death many times, imprisonment, uh, being stoned, being mocked, all kinds of things. But over the last year, and it has been one year officially since I've been your pastor, I officially became a pastor, the pastor of Spencerville Church on November 1st, and uh, preached my first sermon here, I believe, November 8th. And uh, over a year ago, we were in the midst of our meetings, so we didn't really mention it. I did get a a text message from uh, Murray Carson saying, I love you, Pastor, and your hugs that you'd like to give to me. Uh, I've told uh, Murray that, that every good Republican needs a hug. So, uh. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you really what I said. I'm just going to be honest with you. I told him Re Republicans need more hugs. That's what I told him. <laughs> so I gave him a hug. So I give him hugs on a regular basis, and he, uh, he's, he's getting used to it. He even is hugging back on occasion now. But he sent me a note, anyways, saying we love you and a year ago. But he reminded me, actually, that it was a year ago that I, that, I've preached my, that I preached my first sermon here at this church. And while, like I said, it's not the distresses of Paul, it definitely is a challenge to move across country, moving to a new place, leaving a place where the majority of our family uh, lived within 30 minutes of us. In fact, almost all of them except for just a couple, and those only lived two hours away. There's been some times we've been making some changes here at the church that have not always been the most popular of items at times. And I know my afflictions, as I said, are not anywhere near the afflictions of Paul, but there are times in those transitions where there's, there's a bit of sadness you take your kids on those days of school and they're a little bit sad because they're not where they're used to being when you bring them to church and they're a little sad because they don't sit with their cousin anymore. 
when your wife is a little bit sad because she's used to hanging out with your sisters pretty much every day and that's not the case anymore and, and her best, who are her best friends. My sisters are her best friends, praise the Lord. When there are those moments as a pastor where you feel tempted to think, was this really all worth it? God has used this church to remind me on a consistent basis that any challenges we have, they are worth going through and you guys have made it well worth the move and I wanna thank you for that. Your faith has been a demonstration to me of God's calling uh, upon my life and upon our move to this church. Verse eight says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. You see, my, my joy, my thanksgiving towards you is derived, and much of the gratitude of my life is derived by seeing so many of you stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord. Never was this more evident than just the two weeks prior in our evangelistic seminars. I ask with Paul, verse nine, for what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which you rejoice for your sake before our God? I was so blessed to see the turnout we had at our evangelistic meetings. Do you know that I sat at a table eating a meal with a very well-known Seventh-day Adventist, so I won't give you this individual's name, they're not a member of this church, so don't worry, with a very known Seventh-day Adventist who was trying to convince me to come to this church and I said, well, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm praying about it. He said, well, you, you should go there. You should, you should do some things. God, it'll be a blessing to you. It'll be a good blessing for your family. It'll be a good blessing for your career. There's a great school there. I said, but you know, I'm an evangelist and there's an awful lot of Adventists there already. And I said, you know, he said, oh, there's, there's plenty of people to reach. And he said, but you probably won't reach them through evangelism at the local church. And he said, because that's not really their style or their thing. And I don't know that it can really change. So I praise the Lord for you because night after night after night after night, over 200 plus of you were out here supporting, being blessed by the meetings, uh, participating in the meetings. So I thank God how you stood fast in the faith uh, and we don't wanna show anybody up, but I, I, I thank you that you... Uh, put this person to, uh, to silence. And I actually saw an individual that works with this individual the other day and I, and I reminded them of this conversation. I said, please relay to so-and-so that uh, they were wrong. And Spencerville is ready for evangelism, amen? We rejoice in, in that. And so I rejoice in that. I, I, it was so beautiful to see all of you come together. There was people that have been members of this church for, for 10 plus years, 15 plus years that said to me, I never felt such warmth as we did during these meetings, and that was because of all of you loving one another and caring for one another. We appreciate that, and I praise the Lord for that. Close to 10 years had passed since Paul first started the church in Thessalonica, but he says from the first day until now, his joy and thanksgiving had continued, and I can relate to Paul in that although I've only been your pastor for a little over a year, from my first day Till now, my joy and thankfulness for each and every one of you has grown each and every day, and that is the absolute truth, and I thank you for that. I thank you for loving my children. I thank you for loving my wife. I thank you for, for loving me most of the time, even when I remove platform furniture. God bless you all. Last Sabbath, I arrived at the church at about 8.30, 8.20 in the morning, preached the first service on the Mark series, helped my son do a craft in his Sabbath school, 
uh, preached again for second service, uh, a second service with tremendous energy and wonderful music. Thank you, Mark, for that. Mingled in the foyer with members and guests uh, that were here, watched our his team do an amazing job as they are doing week in and week out. Went and shared a meal with some brothers and sisters in the faith. Came back here to the church, saw our deacons and some elders already here setting up for our evangelistic uh, meetings. They were, they were setting up this giant screen that we had up here. I saw the row hosts getting ready and beginning to create a warm atmosphere in the sanctuary. The, the registration folk were, were getting ready. I went back to the kitchen. Brad and his team were getting the food ready. The greeters were beginning to greet people at the doors. I preached again for the 25th time in 14 days. Afterwards, we visited after the meeting with some guests and some different folk, ran over to a member's birthday party, and then driving home at about 11.30 that night. I was exhausted. I got here at 8.20, went home at 11.30. I was exhausted, but my heart was full of thanksgiving, knowing indeed that God has brought us here to Spencerville, and knowing indeed that we are in truly a blessed family that we are very thankful for. I'm so thankful for you all. Thank you for being such a great church. I rejoice before God because of you and your faithfulness in supporting his message and his cause to this world, which was demonstrated as you reached out to so many people who came with love and support. Then the second verse that really touched me and that I want to share with you that, that reminds me of the thankfulness that I have for you is found in Romans chapter 1. And if you want to turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Paul is writing to the Christian believers in the city of Rome. And in verse 8, he says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all for your faith is being spoken of, is being proclaimed of throughout the whole world. Oh, that that could be said of every Christian church and of every Christian believer that their faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. What God is doing in and through this church, I want to tell you, is being spoken of throughout the world. I've actually been in parts of the world where people have, have been talking about uh, the kindness and the warmth at Spencerville, about the, 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 what is taking place at Spencerville, what God is doing in and through this church family, and I thank you for that. Pastor Spurgeon said of faith, hope, and love, these lovely gracious should be so conspicuous in every believer as to be spoken of and constantly heard of even by those who have never seen us. That would be good, right? These flowers should yield so sweet a perfume that their fragrance may be perceived by those who have never gazed upon them. 
who have never gazed upon them. What a testimony for Jesus when news of what the Lord is doing reaches far beyond these walls. I've run into people who have said, you know, I haven't been to Spencerville in a long time, but I'm hearing that there's a lot of interesting things happening there. I'm gonna have to come back and visit that place and find out what is going on. We've had pastors from Ohio and Pennsylvania and Delaware and Virginia and West Virginia who have come and sat in our midst and said, we came because we heard something's happening here. That's because of what God is doing in your hearts, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Paul says to the church in Rome, Romans, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. It's not to make our name great or to make Spencerville's names great, but if people are talking about what Jesus is doing here, then that is something to be thankful for and to rejoice about, amen? The potential reach for this church is far greater than most others in our division. That is just the truth. That is just the truth. Due to the individuals that we have within our membership that travel all over the world, due to the individuals that, that mingle within the powerhouses in Washington and in this corridor here, our church has a potential for even greater and greater impact. And as we, each one, submit more and more and more to the love and the grace and the hope that we have in Jesus, God will use us more and more and more to make his name great within this community and within this world. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for, all, for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the world. Several members have come up to me and they said, as soon as we get our sermons going, people know about us in South Africa and in, and in Europe and in, and in Asia. They want to see what's going on here. And we'll be broadcasting those to, to places. I was asked to write something up for the GC to share with them what was happening at this church evangelistically. That kind of caught me off guard. Because I think about all the things that are happening evangelistically around the world. And why would, why would this intrigue some? And I want to tell you why. It's because folk underestimated you. And it's unexpected. And yet it shows what can happen when a church decides to surrender their hearts to Jesus Christ and his cause. And so I thank you for that. God has been doing something amazing in this church, in this city, and I know that he will continue to do that. And I want you to know how thankful I am for you all that you have chosen to walk by faith, live in hope, and love abundantly in the name of Jesus. Not for ourselves, but for the cause of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is a church that I do not hesitate to ask people to join. This is a church that I do not hesitate to invite people to. This is a church that I do not hesitate to brag about because you are representing Jesus in abundant and wonderful ways. And I thank you for that. That is our reason for thankfulness ultimately is that, is that each one of us should have thankfulness in our hearts not because of us, but because Jesus is being made better known and better loved throughout this world. And we praise the Lord for that. I pray for y'all with all my heart on a regular basis, on a daily basis. I pray for y'all and I hope that you will pray for us 
as well in your journeys, that you'll pray for your church family, that, 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 your, that, your, that your passion will be greater and greater to make Jesus better known and better loved. Paul, in Ephesians chapter three, turn there. I'll close with this. Just a homily today as I post it on Facebook. Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. If you came here today and you're a guest, I apologize if this was not the sermon you were looking for. But as the pastor of this church family, I wanted to take Thanksgiving season to say thank you to this church for loving us. And we love you very much. My wife said to me not too long ago, I said, how is it, honey? And she says, you know, it's much better than I thought it would be. And coming from my underspoken wife, that is the greatest compliment that you can receive. So we love you, we love you, we love you. We thank you for making the name of Jesus better known and better loved. And we look forward to many more years of this. Let us pray. Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. I thank you that I have the privilege to work here and to serve these individuals. I thank you for the love that they've shown to me and to my family. I thank you for the grace that they've shown towards us as we've learned and as we've made some mistakes and, and are growing along the way. I thank you for the way that you've been using them, Lord. And there were some that that said this church was not warm, this church was not friendly, and yet now everywhere I go, people say, what a friendly greeting I received, what a warm welcome I received. I was blessed to be there. I thank you, Lord, for the, for the blessings of these two weeks of meetings that we had and the individuals that made decisions for you. I thank you because each one of these individuals that were praying for these meetings, that were out supporting these meetings, that, were, that, that gave finances towards these meetings. They play a role in opening up the door for you to appeal to those individuals' hearts, and I thank you for that. I thank you, Jesus, for the gifts, as Bill prayed already. I thank you for the gifts that you have given to this church family. Lord, may you use them in even more abundance to make your name better known and better loved. Lord, continue to keep us faithful, keep us humble. We are thankful for what you're doing, but Lord, keep us humble and knowing that nothing would be possible without the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for each one of these individuals that, that they will go home and that they will look for opportunities to express their thanks to others as well. Thanks to their spouses, thanks to their kids, thanks to their colleagues, thanks to their neighbors. Lord, help us be a people that know how to share praises, that know how to see the reasons to be thankful in others. And Lord, let us not be shy about thanking one another for the love we receive from you through them. 
Bless us now, Jesus. Bless us this week. In a week that can be filled with abundance, may we pause and thank you for each and every good gift that we have. And may we seek to be a blessing unto others. In your name we pray. Amen.